the heart of organizing, a heart-centered look at getting organized with professional organizer Andy Hartman. Happy holidays and welcome back to the Heart of Organizing. I'm Andy Hartman. It's good to have you back, so thanks for listening. Since it is the holiday season, I thought it would be great to talk about gifts and simplifying. Specifically, have you ever said, I don't even like this thing, but it was a gift from a dear friend. As a professional organizer, I've heard this often. Let's be very clear about what's happening. There are two sets of feelings that sometimes get confused. First, there's the way you feel about the gift itself. Second, there's the way you feel about your friend, the person who gave you the gift. Let's distinguish between these two feelings so that we can find a way to honor them both. Let's first take an objective look at just the gift itself, at just this particular item. Does it support what's important in your life? Is it something you know to be useful or believe to be beautiful? If you were in a store today and you saw it on the shelf, would you be attracted enough to this item that you'd be willing to pay full retail price to buy it and take it home? If the answer to these questions is yes, then by all means keep it. This item serves multiple purposes. Not only is it a reminder of the friendship you share, but it's also worthwhile in its own right. However, if the answer to these questions is no, then you don't value the gift itself very much. Therefore, the only reason to keep it is as a way of remembering your friend and the fact that they got you this gift. But think about what it is you're remembering. You're remembering they got you a gift that you don't like. This sounds to me like a negative association. If your goal is to honor your friendship and appreciate your dear friend, this may not be the best way to do it. How is keeping something you don't like honoring to them? I'm sure you could find ways to honor your friends in ways that reflect more positively on them and what they mean to you. Right now, take a moment to think about someone in your life whom you love. What is it you remember about them? What thoughts bring a smile to your face? Mostly, when people have fond memories of their friends, those memories are about experiences they've had together, laughter they've shared, or intimate communication they've had. They remember when they supported their friend in a time of need, or when their friend supported them. When you think of a list of the five most treasured moments of your best friend, I would be surprised if the fact that they bought you a particular item even falls in that list at all. Because we tend to not communicate very intimately in this culture, we often show our love for each other by buying gifts. As the recipient, we want to receive the love and the gesture, but we don't want to harm ourselves by accumulating stuff that's not important to us. I have a friend named Bob who, due to health reasons, can't eat very much sugar. Once, when I was at an event with him, I offered him some cookies. He replied, I consider an offering of food to be an act of love. I'll take the love, but I can't eat the cookies. We've all heard the saying, it's the thought that counts. And Bob has a really tactful way of honoring the thought without having to compromise himself by consuming stuff that's not good for him. Receive the love, but don't eat the cookies. Receive the love, but don't take up valuable space to store an object you don't like or will never use. Receive the love, but donate the purple and yellow polka dot shirt. 
I believe that people, in general, have the intention to give gifts that the receiver will appreciate. Even with the best of intentions, however, it sometimes happens that a gift we receive doesn't work for us. This doesn't mean the gift giver was not being thoughtful. Perhaps circumstances in my life have changed in such a way that they couldn't have known about. Maybe I would have appreciated it a year ago, but not today. Maybe I've redecorated, so the gift no longer matches the decor. Maybe I'm no longer pursuing the hobby associated with that gift. Maybe my priorities have shifted, and I'm focusing on different things that are important in my life now. If I give a gift to someone that they don't appreciate, I personally would want to know about it. In this way, I get to know that person better, and in the future can choose gifts more appropriate for them. And I know this is a radical concept, but if someone gets me a gift that I don't like or can't use, I will tell them. This may seem impolite to some people, but consider the alternative. Pretending to be pleased when I receive it, saving an item I don't like, and perhaps even retrieving it from storage and displaying it every time they visit seems like a lot of energy to invest in something that's inherently dishonest. There's a bigger principle involved here that applies not only to organizing, but to life in general. The bigger question is, how authentic do you want to be with people? Personally, I value having people in my life who are willing to be completely honest with me, even in those times when they're telling me something they think I don't want to hear. I also value having people in my life who want me to be honest with them, even if I am saying something I think that they don't want to hear. Even though being honest may seem a bit uncomfortable at times, it invariably results in deeper, more authentic connection, greater intimacy, a closer friendship, and a deeper knowing of both myself and the other person. So I have a bonus suggestion. Let's come back to the situation I described at the top of this podcast. You've received a gift you don't like. You've found a way to receive the love and honor the gesture, and you've considered telling the person that this gift doesn't work for you and why. But you're still not quite comfortable letting it go altogether. The bonus suggestion is to take a picture of it. You can store the picture in a photo album or with other memorabilia, or in a digital format on your computer or on a CD. That way you still have a representation of the gift and the memory of what it means to you without having to store and maintain the object itself. I hope the ideas in this podcast will help you make decisions about simplifying that serve yourself as well as honor your relationship with the gift giver. In the next podcast, I'll be wrapping up my discussion of simplifying by looking at two additional challenges you may encounter when deciding whether something should stay or go. Until then, may you be open to seeing and receiving the true gifts, the eternal gifts, of this, the holiday of giving. Also, may you have a prosperous and fulfilling new year, and remember that January is National Get Organized Month, as sponsored by the National Association of Professional Organizers. I'm Andy Hartman, and this is The Heart of Organizing. If you have a comment or question, or would like to suggest a topic for discussion on the podcast, email us at podcast at clutterfreeservices.com. 
Andy is available for workshops and presentations about organizing. For more information, send an email to info at clutterfreeservices.com. Names of clients may have been changed to protect client confidentiality. Theme music composed and performed by Tabor Shadburn. For more information about Tabor's work in music, go to churchofsoul.org. Thank you for joining us for The Heart of Organizing. Until next time, may your possessions support you in living a life of meaning and value. Now some of y'all out there listening to Andy's podcast are suffering just like I am. You know what I'm talking about. You got too much stuff. My space remains a constant, but my belongings, they have grown. It's getting quite pathetic, I can't invite nobody home. Gotta move my piles around to try to find the phone. I got too much stuff. The way that I accumulate is bordering on sin. I got 27 staplers, well, okay, maybe only 10. But I can't find any of them, so I'm gonna have to buy one again. I got too much stuff. I got too much stuff. I've got more than enough. I got no more space. I need a bigger place. Or maybe, baby, I got too much stuff. I got 14 set of headphones I can put on my ears. And an obscene amount of albums, more than I could ever hear. I got material possessions I ain't seen in years. I got too much stuff. My baby tried to take some of my precious stuff away. I said, woman, don't you touch that. I might need that stuff someday. But between you and me, I, I think it's fair to say. I got too much stuff. I got too much stuff, I've got more than enough Got no more space, I need a bigger place Too much stuff, I've got more than enough I got no more space, I need a bigger place Or maybe I got too much stuff I got too much stuff Way too much stuff I think I need an intervention You know, like a Stuff Addicts 12-step program or something Pack Rats Anonymous Andy, you gotta help me I got, I got way, way, way too much stuff